Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. As April showers turn to May flowers, we celebrate the conclusion of Poetry Month on the podcast today. We want to first congratulate Kentucky's Newport Laureate, Crystal Wilkinson. Crystal, featured as this year's Kentucky Reads selection by Kentucky Humanities for her wonderful The Birds of Opulence, is also included in our first ever Kentucky Book Festival book bundle with her new book, which comes out later in the summer. Congratulations, Crystal. Today, we will celebrate Poetry Month with Poetry Unites America. Poetry Unites America is an essay contest and documentary film project which reveals how much Americans have in common when they open up through their love of poetry. Using the power of poetry, uh, the series of 30-minute episodes shot in different states shows how easily we can feel united beyond political, racial, religious, and cultural divisions. The film, produced and directed by Ava Zazinska, features four Kentucky citizens and is being shown on KET. The people selected for the film were chosen after a statewide contest for the best essay on their favorite poem. The contestants were asked why this particular poem has meaning for them. A jury composed of established writers, poets, and critics selected the best essays. We are joined today by the director of the project, Ava Zazinska, former Kentucky Port Laureate, scholar, and renowned poet, Richard Taylor, and two of the winners who are featured in the film. Haley Kalin, a student from Fort Knox, Kentucky, who wrote about the realization of the personal healing power of self-recognition depicted in Derek Walcott's Love After Love. And Brandon Nakasato, a substance abuse treatment professional from Bargetown for his epiphany underscoring the sense of one's own mortality in Abad by Philip Larkin. I want to welcome all of you to the podcast. And Ava, I think we want to tell our listeners uh, before we get started in our conversation that uh, our friend Jeff Worley, a Kentucky Port Laureate uh, selection in 2019 and 2020, was also a big part of this project. So congratulations to uh, former Port Laureates Richard and and Jeff for contributing mightily uh, to your project Ava, let's uh, let's begin at the beginning. Uh, this uh, project of yours has been going on for several years. You've uh, taken it uh, to to Europe. Uh, now you're living and talking uh, with us from uh, New York. You've been to our beautiful uh, bluegrass state of Kentucky and met these wonderful young people who have contributed to the film that you produced. Tell us a little bit about the the genesis of uh, your work and your art. Uh, okay, actually the, the project started in Europe and it started uh, after I met Robert Pinsky. 
And I saw uh, his, my favorite poem uh, film. Uh, it was in Krakow during the poetry festival. And I, I loved the idea. I started to talk to him about it. And uh, I said, hey, if, if I could do it in Europe, I would bring the project to Europe. So this was the beginning. And he said, sure, with, your, with his blessing, I started the project in Europe. And the Belgian foundation, Evans Foundation, sponsored the project. So the life was easy and beautiful because I didn't need to worry about raising money. And the national uh, television in Poland, every Saturday morning, uh, broadcast one short film. And in the beginning, the project consisted of five minutes, uh, six minutes, five minutes profile of different people who would write letters to TV or to me asking to be featured. And then the project developed into the contest. And I did the contest uh, in Poland, Germany, Bulgaria, and uh, slowly also the films changed. Well, Robert Pinsky noticed that my approach is more about people and places through the prism of poetry. It's, it's not such a big focus on poetry per se. However, I think that, that my approach is, is poetry because I see poetry through these people and uh, I love the places when I see them through their eyes. And basically when I brought the project to America, I started to work with poet laureates and I featured New York State so far, Kansas, Kentucky during pandemic. So it's the very special project episode for me. And now I am working on Alabama and Mississippi maybe. Oh goodness, so Southern states. Well, Ava, let's tell uh, people um, that Robert Pinsky was a United States poet laureate. Um, very well known, very popular. I'm sure he's probably uh, a favorite of many uh, of, of mine. Uh, Richard probably has read him uh, all of his life. He's he's extraordinary. So he was a, a, an influence uh, on you. What is it about, um, you said New York and Kansas. Uh, what was it that uh, attracted you to Kentucky? And what did you find when you began to look into uh, the rich um, uh, the rich heritage and landscape of uh, not only our the, the beautiful uh, state that we live in, but the uh, literary uh, background and current uh, uh, goings on in our Commonwealth. Uh, you know, Kentucky is still the heartland of the USA, and it's it's good to start from from the heart whatever you do. And after Kansas, I thought I should pick up the state which is in 
Midwest and well, Kentucky is a very special because it's like a little bit, sometimes it's being considered to be the Southern state, sometimes Midwest, whatever. But I was, uh, I was uh, attracted to the mystery was around Kentucky for me always. I heard Kentucky Derby, not to mention Kentucky Bourbon. And my favorite writer from my childhood was Robert Penn Warren. And when I was 15, I read All President's Men. All the King's Men. All King's, of course, sorry. Actually, in Polish, the title was The Governor. Totally different. So to me, it came under different uh, title. And uh, simply, this was one of a few books translated to Polish at the time, but I loved it. And, and my image of America came through Penn Warren. Well, that's a, a marvelous story in itself. Um, I hope um, we're going to talk to Brandon and Haley in just a moment, uh, but that's a perfect transition to uh, Richard Taylor, our former Port Laureate and and scholar uh, who uh, is also uh, teaches, uh, I'm sure he's told you this, uh, Ava, uh, teaches Robert Penn Warren, teaches uh, all the King's men and was a big part of a, a celebration of uh, Kentucky uh, when the Kentucky Humanities uh, featured that book as our, as our Kentucky reads uh, across the state just a, a few years ago. And Richard helped us with some conversations. We um, it happens to be a favorite book of ours, too, and um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, uh, Richard uh, Taylor, uh, tell me about um, your connection to, to Ava, how you got involved in the project, and, and, and what you thought of it the first time you heard that she was asking people across the uh, state of Kentucky to contribute essays for the poems that really meant something to their lives. I first met Ava through in, in, at a restaurant in Frankfort, Kentucky, through our mutual friend, Sis Wilson, who originally from, was from Kentucky, worked in New York, and I'm sure met uh, Ava through their mutual interest in documentary filmmaking. And uh, when Ava described what she proposed to do, I was, as, as I'm sure most people hearing this would be, was pleased and uh, supportive. And uh, so she and I have had a, uh, a series of uh, communications in which we, uh, I suggested that she contact you and other individuals to the big guns, so to speak, who could promote this project in the way it deserved to be promoted. Uh, I worked with the judging. I was honored to get to do that and was impressed with virtually all of the contestants. These two I thought were exemplary and I was so delighted and pleased when I saw, uh, when Ava sent me the link and I saw this for the first time, it was remarkable. And I said, 
I'm very proud of not only these individuals, but I'm proud of Kentucky. And it's just the sort of thing that, that inspires us and brings us together in a time of division. Poetry, uh, though there is political poetry, poetry is, is about the heart and it's an interior experience. And we all share it no matter our political affiliations. And so I saw this as a way not only to unite people behind poetry, but simply to unite people. Richard, um, I think it's uh, unique in the way it's presented. Uh, the film is uh, just so well done. But I think what struck me from, uh, and uh, Ava, I have to uh, tell you that uh, Richard was the first one who contacted me about this uh, many weeks ago. Um, I think what uh, first struck me was that it, it wasn't asking Kentuckians to write a poem. Uh, it was to, to ask Kentuckians to write an essay or their, their innermost feelings uh, uh, about a poem that, that speaks to them and touches them. That's what is unique about uh, the film. And uh, what better way to celebrate uh, Poetry Month um, uh, all year round, for that matter. Tell us what, um, what you thought. Uh, you said you were very pleased with uh, overall uh, the, the essays that were submitted. What was it about hearing people on uh, reading their essays that, uh, that meant so much to you as a former Port Laureate? I can tell you that that most poets and, and I suppose most artists uh, create in isolation and they like to imagine an audience, but seldom see them. And so in these instances, to hear testimonials from individuals uh, across the state who were moved and uh, impressed by poems was, was very, a very heartening thing to see. Uh, we should be very proud that, that there is an audience for poetry. It's a small audience. And I hope by virtue of this link, this film, and the publicity that the humanity, Kentucky Humanities will give it, that more people will say, well, look, maybe I can, uh, gosh, uh, I'm getting tired of reading romance fiction and uh, whodunits. Why not? Why not try some Robert Penn Warren? Uh, why not pick up a an anthology of 20th century, especially 20th century, and perhaps 21st century now poetry, and and give it a try. That this is an incredibly rich time in American literature for poetry. What we need, as, as Walt Whitman so ably said, gosh, uh, over a hundred years ago, is great poetry requires great audiences. And I think this project is moving a step farther in that direction. Ava, was it difficult to uh, get involved in this project during um, during COVID and during uh, social distancing and and uh, the, the the pandemic we've been dealing with in the United States and in Kentucky? Uh, 
uh, well, it was and it wasn't. It was uh, because I couldn't travel with my crew to Kentucky. I visited Kentucky a year before, but during the COVID, the travel was impossible, not to mention that visiting people without the masks with the crew was out of the question. Uh, so, uh, so I hesitated, uh, should I or shouldn't I? And then I decided, okay, I will do it. The interviews via Zoom, hello, like, like today we are connected via Zoom, and we will see what will happen. And, uh, and I think it worked out well. And, uh, and also it helped me during the pandemic to think about other things that virus and, and about being locked down in, in New York, where actually I spent the whole year. So it was it was difficult, but you're, you're certainly glad that you persevered. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. As Richard, uh, as I said in the beginning, as Richard said, uh, we're hope, hoping people will uh, will tune in and see the documentary on on Kentucky Educational Television. I'm sure there's a schedule that they will have uh, when it uh, airs, and then uh, as most things on on KET, thank goodness it airs once; it'll air forever. So. Um, one of those featured in the film uh, is with us today, Brandon Nakasato, uh, who is from Bargetown. And uh, I, I want uh, Brandon to join our conversation now and and talk uh, to us a little bit about uh, when he first uh, had an interest in submitting an essay, uh, what it took for him to work through the process of writing that, and then eventually learning that he was a winner. Well, um, Bill, thank you for having me. Uh, and also thank you for Ava for engineering this wonderful project. Um, well, for me, I found out about the project a few months ago and um, being someone who loves to write and to read, um, it fit both interests. <laughs> what have you read in the past and why don't you write about it? Uh, I said, perfect. And, but then the question was what poem what did you select? And so for me, it came down to Obeyed, Philip Larkin's poem. Um, and then another poem that I had, um, that has traveled with me. And that was a poem by Maya Angelou called A Brave and Startling Truth. Um, and so I guess it was kind of counterintuitive to write about mortality in a time where it seemed close to the surface for everyone, but it, it fit. Um, and, and so that spoke to me, uh, Albaid did, it, as I mentioned in the documentary, it was something that kind of, you know, kind of jerks you into awareness and forces you to confront things that most people leave below the surface. Um, and, and so after choosing it, I, you know, reread the poem again and, um, re-experienced it. Uh, the first time I read it, it was kind of like the medicine that I needed to, to move through a period in life full of uncertainty. Uh, and so after several drafts and uh, some consternation with some of the edits that some of my friends suggested, um, I, I came to uh, finish it and sent it in and um, 
wasn't sure at that point, you know, there's the waiting period when you submit something like, oh, goodness, is this going to go sideways or is, are they going to like it? Um, and thankfully, um, the, the judges liked it and I was able to participate in the documentary and have discussions with uh, Ava about this wonderful poem. Well, uh, Richard, don't you think that's a lovely way for him to express himself that uh, this poem was uh, like a, a medicine uh, that uh, helped him through uh, what we all lived through? That, that's such a lovely metaphor uh, and, and could have been included. I don't know if it was or not in, in your essay. <laughs> I do. And I suspect that Brandon himself may have some poetry inclinations. Do, do you write, Brandon? I, I write, but um, I, I don't, I don't, I always worry that my writing might torment people. Uh, so I kind of uh, put it in a shoebox and, and one day I'll work on it. And occasionally I'll share a poem that I'm really proud of that really moved me. And so you send it out into the world and hope that it moves other people the way that it moved you. Ava, did you want to add something? I, I would like to add something because Brandon, uh, of course, it's it's pity because the interviews last, uh, usually I interview people for one hour. So I know a lot about Brandon. We became friends, I hope. And I learned that he was dreaming about being a, in, working in broadcast. And I think he has a natural talent of broadcasting. So I hope that at certain point, Brandon, you will rethink your, your uh, profession, your future. I, I really enjoyed talking to all winners and it was a great project for me. So thank you. We're going to uh, have uh, more conversation uh, with our guest on uh, today's podcast. But uh, first, we're going to hear a brief word from our underwriter for Think Humanities podcast, Spalding University. Spalding University is affordable, nationally distinguished, low residency MFA in writing, offers excellent instruction in a compassionate, supportive community. Focus on your own area of concentration. Explore across genres and examine the interrelatedness of the arts. During one-on-one -on -one independent study, you'll write prolifically and receive expert feedback from your faculty mentor, developing the discipline to keep writing for life. Study fiction, poetry, creative nonfiction, writing for children and young adults, and writing for TV, screen and stage. Learn more at spalding.edu slash schoolofwriting or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu. Okay, we're back, Haley. Uh, good to see you uh, once again. Um, if you can, um, you were also uh, featured in the film uh, as one of the uh, essay uh, winners. Uh, tell me about the process that you went through, please, uh, in uh, not only first uh, understanding or, or learning about the essay contest, but uh, writing and then uh, being chosen. What was that experience like? Um, so sort of ironically, the same way that I found my favorite poem that I wrote my essay about, I also found the contest through a sponsored Facebook ad. 
Um, so I follow a lot of writers and poets on Facebook and Instagram. And so it just popped up and I read the guidelines and it seemed pretty straightforward. So um, I decided to sit down and write something. And it, this was uh, quite recently after um, one one very formative experience that I had written about um, had happened. And so this poem was very strong and, and it was a very, very um, like emotional moment. And so writing about it came very naturally. Um, I mean, even everything down to the word count and um, the requirements for all of it, it just came together so smoothly. Um, it just felt very natural to write about it and to be able to share it in that capacity. So it's one thing to write about something uh, that you love and enjoy. And I do that all the time, but um, knowing that it's going to be shared with people and that maybe some judges are going to read it and it, you know, has the potential to go somewhere and reach people um, was not only very surprising for me, but also the prospect of it was very exciting. So tell me a little bit about your uh, your background or your current status. Are, are you a student? Um, so I am a student off and on. I uh, graduated from DuPont Manual High School in 2017. Um, and went to JCTC, Jefferson Community College, um, for a couple years. And then I took some time off and then I went back and it was back and forth for a long time because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't really have a major. I didn't really have any career path that I was interested in at the time. So it was very hard to stay dedicated to something that I didn't really know what I was working towards. Um, but when I got accepted to the Berlin Art Institute last spring, um, that was extremely, it changed my entire perception of what I wanted to do with my life and um, what way I wanted to go. And so I knew it had something to do with um, writing and the arts and stuff like that. So I was actually supposed to leave um, for a semester in January, but with uh, the COVID-19 crisis, Obviously, everything got pushed back. Um, so right now I'm planning still on going in September. And then once I come back to uh, re-enroll and finish my degree and um, hopefully something English literature related, um, maybe post-secondary education. Well, uh, I don't often do this um, in public on a on a podcast that everybody in the world can hear. But I'm going to, again, call on my friend Richard. I it sounds like to me that you would be an uh, an excellent candidate uh, for uh, one of Richard's classes at Transylvania University, uh, which uh, where we both are. Uh, that that would be uh, you'd be an outstanding student of his. Uh, we're also both of us are are big fans of uh, Spalding University and their MFA program there. That's something you should keep in mind. And of course, we just mentioned at the top of the program, Krista Wilkinson, who teaches in the MFA creative writing program at the University of Kentucky. Uh, now, I'm, I just left out 99.9% uh, .9 of the schools that uh, teach writing and poetry. But it sounds like you you really um, you have a passion for for the, the literary arts, uh, for poetry. H how long have you had that um, since you're still quite young? Uh, since I can remember, since I learned to read, I have um, my personal journals um, all the way back since fourth or fifth grade. And um, that's probably 16 or 17 of them now that I just 
um, are full of poetry and short stories and memoirs and just stuff that happens about my life. And so having that passion, it was really instilled um, within me uh, from my mother and my aunt and uncle and people who along the way had um, given me that passion. You know, they had given me books constantly and they never censored um, the material that I got. So when I would ask questions about, you know, well, I want to read this, what is this about specifically like Stephen King or something like that, you know, it could get pretty dark and stuff like that, but it was always, um, it was always explained to me in uh, ways that I could understand. And, um, it was always, those doors were always unlocked for me. Um, and so that passion has been planted there, um, since I was young and, it always will be. It's like, it's a part of me now, honestly. So. And you are also a, uh, a devotee of uh, Kurt Vonnegut and uh, his, his work. And uh, I think, is he still your favorite? Absolutely. I, I have a presentation, a Kurt Vonnegut presentation. If anyone would like to hear it, it's 45 minutes long and <laughs> it's about my personal opinion. And it's also just analysis on all of his stories and books. Um, his work has impacted my personal philosophy um, totally since high school. And um, I'm a member of the Kurt Vonnegut Memorial Library uh, in Indianapolis. And uh, I try to go to Grand Falloon, which is a Kurt Vonnegut festival every year. Um, and I'm actually reserving my right arm for my Kurt Vonnegut tattooed sleeve one day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's a great story. Wow. Well, that, that that's uh, that's wonderful. Brandon. Um, what, um, how, how early in your life did you think that you are, that you were attracted to the written uh, word that, that uh, poetry uh, uh, essays uh, really uh, spoke to you in a way that um, has created the, the person that you are today? Well, it's, it also started pretty early. Um, my, um, for me, some of those some of those early poems are, you know, some of the favorites. You know, there's a, and they discuss things that you know you may not have had the the ability to process when you were younger. And so, an example of a poem for me is called Butterscotch, and that poem discusses skin color difference. My mother is very light skinned, uh, and I'm dark skinned, and so. You know, as a child growing up, there was um, my mother looked different than me. And so you would question that. And me being a, a kid that absolutely loved sugar uh, and loved sweets of all kinds, I processed that as butterscotch, as, as the, the color of my mother's skin and me being chocolate. And so the assignment when we were kids was to take food. And, and then also use dialect. And so that for me is a, is a fond memory of processing something that was rather adult in, in a childlike way and communicating through an art form like poetry. Oh, that's a great story. Uh, wonderful story. Richard, as we, um, as we conclude, um, and I may have at some point when we have uh, conversed uh, uh, on television or podcast or in person uh, without the electronic devices around, how would you suggest that um, people who want uh, 
want to learn more about poetry, want want to uh, want uh, to to delve into uh, the in depth uh, uh, work that some uh, writers have done, uh, that that want to enjoy uh, uh, poetry. How would you suggest that they celebrate uh, Poetry Month? Uh, any year, uh, but at the end of this uh, April Poetry Month? I would suggest that they go to their local library or a school library and go to what used to be under the Dewey Decimal System to the 811s. It's what I did. And I would sort of introduce myself to new poets by pulling a book off the shelf, looking at a poem or two, and saying, you know, I'd like to read more of this or enough already. And I would pull another book and I would find a poet who, so to speak, lit my fire. And I would try to devour that poet in in the same way that that Haley has devoured uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Because out of that, Uh, your sensibility is formed and informed. And uh, if, and I think both of you sound as though you're interested in writing and writing then is a process, not only of, of, of drawing on your own responses to the world, but finding a way to couch those responses. And when you read writers you admire, uh, you pick up by osmosis, I suppose, traits and skills and good writing. Uh, I happen to believe that most successful poems have a a rhetoric to them, a, a means of entry and persuasion. Uh, and and you pick that up. It's not something really that can be taught so much. It's something that you have to come to terms with as you encounter words on a page. And doing that, uh, getting a kind of medley of voices. You know, I would say if, if people ask me, well, who should I read? You know, I would probably start uh, with Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson is one of the few poets whose work doesn't seem to age. It is relevant and her facility with language and images is truly remarkable. Uh, the poets that you all covered are are first rate, uh, but finding a place to start is important. And uh, I know in my own case, I'm talking too much here, but in my own case, I started when I was in high school and there was an anthology, it's rather dated now by uh, a writer named uh, Oscar Williams. And Oscar Williams had this fat Uh, I've still got my copy, Uh, Book of Modern Verse. And I was taken with Dylan Thomas. I was taken with E.E. Cummins because he seemed rebellious. And I was rebellious at that age. 
uh, and and you pick up, you become the sum of the voices you uh, assimilate, and you add that to your own read of the world, your own interpretation of the world, and something new uh, and often very exciting comes out of it. Well, Brandon and Haley, that was a uh, a master class in itself, wasn't it? From Richard Taylor, uh, one of our guests, Ava. Uh, uh, just in, in uh, finally, uh, were, are, are you pleased with uh, what you found in Kentucky and uh, with the final edit uh, that you did uh, uh, in your film? Well, I, I, I am very, very pleased with Kentucky and with the people I met in person and through internet. I got a lot of footage through my new friends I befriended by Facebook. The film wouldn't be like that if they didn't cooperate and help me out. So basically this was so... Uh, different than other projects I worked on. So it's very, very special. And Kentucky will have a very special place in my heart. And yes, uh, Richard, you mentioned Sis Wilson, my friend. Of course, when I first came to Kentucky, I stayed with her. And this was my first visit to Kentucky, but I will be back. Well, we hope uh, that you do return uh, under different circumstances uh, when uh, the pandemic is completely gone, and uh, I, I know that all of you think the same thing that I do. People will be writing about uh, COVID and the pandemic for for many, many years, and uh, uh, and why not? It, it's something that happened to all of us. So to the filmmaker and uh, the creator of Portrait Unites um, and Portrait Unites America, uh, Eva Zazinska, we uh, appreciate uh, your being on the podcast today, our good friend Richard Taylor, uh, who is such a, a supporter of uh, all things uh, literary uh, in Kentucky and has been for many, many years. And to the winners of the uh, the contest, uh, two of the uh, of the a number of essays that were chosen, uh, Haley uh, Kalen uh, and Brendan Nakasato, we uh, appreciate you being with us today. Good luck to all of you. Uh, and uh, once again, uh, remember that poetry is uh, uh, something that we should all be interested in and, and, um, and enthusiastic about. So uh, in echoing uh, Richard's words, uh, at any time, uh, at any month of the year, read a good poem and, uh, and celebrate uh, Poetry Month uh, every April. Thanks a lot, and thanks for joining us for Think Humanities. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.